A Penny Lost by Aspen Bassett Chapter 2 My scream brought the colors back. Sometime during the pain, Dinah had grabbed me. I was leaning against her, eyes wide as the colors sifted back. The pain faded as the darkness dissipated from my sight. Penny, Dinah snapped. Talk to me. What's happening? Good question. The energetic world had blacked out, then reappeared as quickly as if someone had taken the cap off the camera lens. I blinked around, disoriented. The colors seemed off. I kept blinking, squinting even, as if that would put everything back into focus. It was like I was wearing glasses with the wrong prescription. But it was so similar. Everything still looked more or less the same. The shadow. I twisted my neck as I looked all around, trying to locate it before it attacked again. But the block was empty. There were only normal colors. Are you okay? She tipped her head down to regain my attention. I wanted to say no. No, I wasn't okay. Something had just attacked me, invaded me, and yet nothing had. I'm fine. I kept blinking, but my eyes stayed unfocused. Let's just go home. Honey, she started, but her voice trailed off when my face tightened. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to even think about it. It was nothing. A fluke. Dinah nodded and let go. She opened the door for me and I stepped in. I could barely feel anything, as if my skin and I were still disconnected. My backpack tipped over as I shoved it to the floor. Notebooks and pencils spilling out. I watched it fall but didn't move to correct it. I looked out the window as the car started the drive home. The houses looked normal, but I still felt the energies of the owners. My energetic senses were still there. Dinah drove slowly through the neighborhoods. I thought I had freaked her out, but I couldn't find the strength to find my I'm okay mask. Instead, I did the only thing I could do when things got overwhelming. I studied the energies. The third house from the school was the only one with strong enough energies to knock me out of my self-pity. I'd labeled it the grieving house about a year back. I didn't know anything about the family, but I knew the energies of that house the same as every other. It used to be a tickled pink, like a teasing chuckle in a safe hug. Then, in the space of a weekend, it had flipped a switch. I had connected with its energies only once since, but once was enough. The grief was so strong it had knocked me out of whack for a solid hour. There used to be four active souls running around in there, but then there were three, all just trying not to cry. I had never lost anyone before, but I could tell who had and hadn't without even looking at their energies. Something in the way they held themselves, a pseudo-strength to cancel out the cracks within their souls. Some people were able to move on, let go, and embrace the happy memories instead of the sad ones, but not always, not all the time. As we drove by, a guy sat on the porch steps, sipping a Mountain Dew. He looked to be about my age, and when we passed, he glanced up. We looked at each other for a second. In the corner of my eye, something dark stepped into the side of the front porch. My eyes went straight to the movement, but Dinah turned, and they disappeared behind us. Honey, Dinah started again, but her voice went too serious, reminding me why I wanted to be distracted. What's your plan for the evening, I interrupted. What was that flushing my cheeks? Embarrassment? Maybe. 
It was hard enough convincing people that there were things in the world that only I could see. It would be another to claim those things had attacked me. A lot of homework, she said, playing along. Have a history report I have to write about Shakespeare. Then I need to memorize some lines. She gasped and grabbed my knee. Oh, you can help me. No, I made a face. I'd rather keep waiting for Mom to pick me up. Oh, yeah, you owe me. She grinned. I saved your butt picking you up today, being that sweet, wonderful sister that I always am. She fluttered her eyelashes at me in exaggerated emphasis. I'm not falling for your guilt trip. I reached down and grabbed my backpack. As I stuffed my school supplies in, I chanced another look for Dad's tablet, but no luck. Are you sure you're okay? Dinah asked again. You seem a bit off. Yeah, I am, I answered, but wasn't quite sure which part I was most agreeing with. I don't know what happened, just some weird energy in the air. Energy? Like your, um... She fluttered her hand at my head. Your thingamajig? Yeah. So, what was it? Like a nightmare or something? That was the thing about my family. They never believed what I saw was real. They just thought I had a great imagination. Maybe, I allowed. Either way, could we just keep this between ourselves? I don't think Mom or Dad need to hear about what happened. Oh, no. Dinah kept her attention on the road, but her voice did the eye roll for her. I'm sure two loving parents wouldn't care to hear that their daughter screamed in pain today. I just don't want another psychiatrist telling me I'm seeing things, okay? I didn't mean for it to come out as harsh as it did, but it was the truth. Odds were I was technically insane, but the title didn't make the colors go away. Dinah didn't respond for the length of a block and a half, her aura weighing back and forth between the loving pink and an analytical, discompassionate yellow. If I had to make a guess, she was trying to decide whether now was a good time to say I needed therapy, or if she should be supportive. I kept her aura in my peripheral vision, waiting to see which one won out. You know what you should do, she said finally. Her aura beamed like the sun. I held my breath, waiting for her to recommend her favorite of my past doctors. You could help me memorize my lines from As You Like It. It'll take your mind off things. I actually guffawed. Leave it to you to twist this into some way to help you, I teased, but I was relieved. Thank you, sis, I thought, for taking my side even though it's the crazy one. No, I said, and folded my arms across my chest in emphasis. You're the one taking AP classes, not my teacher, not my problem. Please. She forced her voice to crack in false desperation, and I turned to see her lower lip sticking out as far as possible. I'm not asking you to write my paper. I just need help getting down my lines for the scene my group has to act out. Ugh, that sounds horrible, I teased. Shakespeare will only make me feel worse about my day. But doing a good deed to help those around you always makes everything sweeter. Dinah gave me her signature eyelash flutter. I really didn't have a choice in the matter. After all, she had driven out of her way to pick me up. <sighs> you owe me, I sneered as I grabbed her homework from her bag. Okay. Dinah did a little head toss to get the curl out of her face, licked her lips, and looked at the roads as if the lines to the play were written out in the concrete. Let me just think about this for a second so I can remember. I leaned back in my seat and stretched my neck. 
Something flickered in the corner of my eye, something black and fast. I sat straight up and looked out the window. Nothing. But whenever I glanced away, darkness danced in my peripheral vision. I twisted as far as I could and looked behind me, prepared to see a pedestrian hurrying past. But the streets were empty. All right, Dinah said. She started spouting out Shakespearean dialogue like it, it made sense. I grabbed the paper and poured over the meaningless words, trying to catch up. There, it appeared again, just out of sight. It looked tall enough to be human. The more I focused on the white sheet of paper, the sharper the figure came into view. Definitely humanoid, parallel to the passenger seat window, keeping pace with us. I whipped my eyes to the darkness again. Nothing. No one. Different people travel at different speeds through time, Dinah said. I did a quick check. Eh. I made a sound like a game show buzzer and Dinah cringed. What is it then? Time travels in diverse paces with diverse persons. Ooh, geez, that was way off. She mouthed the words to herself. I glanced out the window again, but still nothing. A tingling sensation of a gaze whispered down my neck. If only my eyes could focus, I might be able to see what it was. I squinted at the muted colors of reality. A headache grew from the effort and spiked down my neck when I tried to push through. Dang it! Whatever happened back at the school had better wear off soon. Time travels in diverse paces with diverse persons, Diana continued. I'll tell you who time ambles with all, who time trots with all, who time gallops with all, and who he stands still with all. The car went silent. I still couldn't see anything unusual, unless it wasn't something in reality at all. Maybe it was an energy, one strong enough for me to see, even if just a little, without having to zero in on it. <clears throat> Your turn, Dinah said. I forced my lips together until I could squelch the frustration. I needed to see what lingered out there, but I couldn't focus like this. If only Dinah saw the world like I did, we wouldn't run into problems. I took a deep breath to stay calm and looked back at the paper. Okay, no, who says pretty? I snapped. I don't care how old this crap is. No one ever says I pretty who doth he trot with all. I quoted the line with our sarcastic British accent. Actually, there's a theory out that no one did. That's what made him so popular. The other writings from that time are more... She weighed her head back and forth as she searched for the right word. Understandable. And yet I still have to memorize this. Fine. I prithee who doth he, doth he trot withal. Mary, he trots hard with... Dinah kept going, but I returned my attention to the darkness lurking on the other side of the car. I closed my eyes and let in all the colors around me. Dinah's studious blue aura as she worked to memorize her homework. The lavender-colored aura of an older man wrapped in a hammock, daydreaming his afternoon away. Then I noticed how the neighbor's dog didn't bark. Its energy twisted, tight and red, pure fight-or-flight reflexes. Everyone in town knew this dog. The little thing barked up a storm if he changed perfumes. What made it quiet now? Then, just as if a camera had refocused its lens, everything sharpened, and there it was, staring at me, this void, like a hulk-shaped hole in a wall. Only the wall was reality, and the other side was nothing but starless space. Dinah cleared her throat again. My eyes popped open, and just like that, the darkness disappeared. 
Um, who ambles time with all? I rushed the words out and reclosed my eyes. It was gone. Could that be the shadow that had attacked me? I searched for it, but to no avail, if it had even been there in the first place. I wish that I could say I was confident in what I saw in my mind, but that was the problem with seeing things no one else could. There was always the chance I was actually crazy. Diana went silent again. Who doth he gallop with all? I quickly said, and closed my eyes one last time. One more check, just to make sure, because it couldn't be crazy. It couldn't just be all in my head, right? There, not a humanoid figure, but a cloud of smoky nothingness over the sky. Just a little one, kind of the shape of a cloud Pooh Bear might actually ride to reach the honeybees. It wouldn't have seemed particularly menacing if it hadn't been for the way it felt, like the only reason I could sense it, was, sense it was because of the gap it created in the energies. Energy was everywhere, bouncing off each other in various vibrations. But that cloud stood perfectly still, like a bubble floating through water, spreading apart what was real to make room for the silence. It hovered for a moment before heading back into town, out of my range. I opened my eyes. The setting sun whispered its descent through the window. Um, who stays it with all? I quoted on autopilot to keep Dinah occupied. Whenever I wanted to think about the world no one else saw, it was best to make them believe I wasn't thinking at all. I stared at the distance where the invisible cloud had disappeared, away from the setting sun. My stomach lurched, but I couldn't decide if it, w if it was in warning or in excitement because I'd never felt this way before. I'd felt everything, by proxy if not from personal experience. Joy, loss, confusion, peace. I'd felt the memories of hundreds of kids as I walked past them in the hallways. I knew which kids felt loved at home and which ones were in desperate need of a hug. I knew when mom felt guilty for mi missing my games or when she decided it was worth it to put food on the table. I knew when dad truly missed us or was just obligated to treat us to dinner. When it came to our emotions, energies, life, I had felt it all. Age 16 and nothing surprised me, but this, this was new. And it had taken one long look at me before heading the other direction, away from us. I twisted my back as far as it would go, trying to keep it in sight until we turned a corner and it was gone. You know what? I smacked my forehead with the Shakespeare quotes as if an obvious idea had just popped into my head. I just thought of another place I might have put the tablet. We should turn around. Back to the school? Go that way, yeah. I'll tell you if you need to turn. If? Are we going to the school or not? Ugh, how should I know? I was chasing an energy I'd never seen before. But she didn't know that. I imagined explaining it to her. A possible response might be, Oh, that's really interesting, Penny. Here, I found this white jacket I thought you might like. It lets you hug yourself all day long. This isn't about the tablet, is it? Dinah asked. It's about your thing. Oh, for crying out loud, I groaned. Never mind. You know what? I just remembered I love marathon walking. You can just drop me off here and head home. Oh, sure, and then everyone will blame me when you disappear forever or turn up dead in some creek ten years later. Wow. Just saying, if anything happens to you, it's not my fault. 
But if I'm going to humor you, you have to humor me too. Call Dr. Frederick when we get home. If nothing else, he might have something for that nightmare vision thing. I, for one, don't want that to happen again. I shot a puff of frustrated air into the sky, but nodded to keep the car moving. This weird void energy had better be worth it. I knew how to handle psychiatrists, but it still took a lot of time. At least I got to go on a treasure hunt for an invisible energy, only I could see, with a sidekick that didn't believe in my abilities. It was like Christmas. Dinah took the road to the school. I closed my eyes and pretended to be resting, but actually searched for the void once more. It didn't take long to find. The thing stood at attention like a beacon. Oh, that's a good sign, I thought as my stomach cringed. From excitement or anxiety, only time could tell. Stop the car. Thank you for listening to Penny Lost, written by Aspen Bassett. Follow this podcast for more updates as more chapters are released, or if you need to know what happens sooner, A Penny Lost is available on Amazon for $3.99. Happy holidays!